Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I'm a lifestylist, a mama four, serial entrepreneur, and a woman who is so passionate about disrupting self-limiting beliefs and blueprints that we have been given. Friends, we can and deserve to have it all. These delicious conversations will help you work through setbacks and hurdles and obstacles to expedite your growth in both your life and business learn about leadership, marketing, sales, relationships, parenting, all the things that make this life so beautiful. I am so grateful you're here. Thank you so much. And let's sink in. Welcome icons to today's podcast with a guest who I honestly, it fills my heart and my soul to share her with you because I would suggest that she's probably one of the most impactful people I met and had the opportunity to brainstorm with and create with in 2020. And this is Rebecca Caffiero, who is a sheer genius. And what I know about her and what I've learned through her is she really is a multi-passionate, beautiful human being who has really zoned into her genius, which is really about being a visibility expert. And what I love is she's like a do-it-yourself PR teacher or mentor to really help you get out there, get noticed, get visible and create credibility within your brand. And I know, especially with 2020, all the funkiness that's been going out exterior, there's also been some funkiness going on in terms of social media platforms and really having to relearn a lot of things we're doing. And so I am excited to share her with you today. She is a mama. She is coming from her brand new dream home that she's created. So, so many beautiful things are happening for her. She has great, amazing masterclasses and programs to teach you. So please go check her out. All the links are in the bio. Rebecca, thank you for being here, my friend. I'm so grateful. My honor. Anytime I get to see your beautiful face and your soothing voice, I am in for it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. You gave me that sense of confidence when I first launched my podcast. You were pretty involved with encouraging me to get this out and just really helping me with what should we call it and and the whole brainstorming idea around this podcast. And then I remember when I launched it, you reached out and said, your voice, Jen. And I had never listened. You know, when you listen to your own voice, you're like, oh, (laughs) it's your own voice. But you really made me sit in confidence. Had never had somebody say something like that about me or to me. It was the perfect thing Mm. at the perfect time to want me to pursue this further. So thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. And it's not just your voice. You have a lovely voice, but it's also, you have an eloquent way with words and your cadence is just on point. And I'm sure all the people that are listening, they hear you in that first episode and they're like, I need more, not only because of that, but also of course you have beautiful content. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's turn this over to you, beauty, and really how this all evolved. I'd love to hear a little bit about your story because I think people need to get to know you and who you are. I know you're not feeling well today. So the fact that you're showing up means the world to all of us. So sending you love and light. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But I would love to hear a little bit of your story and how you got to this point in your dream home with the beautiful career you have. Oh my goodness. It is a long one and it was definitely a bumpy road, but I am, I'm so grateful for every moment of it because it's, it's where I am now. And, you know, sitting here in the house today, I I actually, I'm not in my office. I'm in the guest bedroom because it sounds a bit better, but I was sitting in my office yesterday. It was the first day I sat there and I started designing that office six years ago before I was even pregnant, before I knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur and that I would need a space like that. As I was sitting there, it was a really surreal moment. I got a little emotional because it was everything I'd hoped for and more, but it was also something that I had designed at a time. I designed it for the woman I thought I would be the one that I wanted to become. 
sitting there realizing that journey just in the last seven years, not even from the beginning of the story was such an impactful moment. And right before we were moving into this house, I, I said, who do I need to become to deserve to live in this home? Who do I need to become to be the woman that is here? And, and this house is, I know that you're just saying the guest bedroom, but it's, it's all built around my values, which is openness, is light, and is connection. And that's the theme when you walk in. In fact, it's a lot of windows. I didn't realize how much window cleaning is going to be part of my future or my children's future. But I was raised in rural Oregon, so Pacific Northwest, on a farm, very blue collar family. My father's a fisherman and my stepdad is a well driller. My mom was one of nine children, one of the first to go to college from an immigrant family. And so I grew up definitely seeing hard work. I did not think I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I watched both my parents have businesses that you know, I say they didn't own their businesses, their businesses owned them. It was very seasonal, very weather driven. It was, you know, the hardest, hardest work you could imagine. And I wanted none of it. As a child, I always loved reading. I was a bookworm, you know, hiding a book under the covers. Now when my, my child wants to read, I'm like, yes, my, my dream's coming true. <laughs> story time at our house is like an hour long. And I also loved speaking and asking questions. And there was definitely a part of that growing up that it was, you know, being told, stop being so loud, stop asking questions so much, stop talking too much. And having that feeling of being too much. And I'm really fortunate. I'm really grateful that that didn't break my spirit because I think often, especially as women that can, we learn, you know, don't want so much. You're greedy or you're selfish because we we advocate for ourselves even as children. And so that's something I'm really, as a mother, I work to not do, even though sometimes it is hard when your kids are yelling at the top of their lungs, even in excitement. <clears throat> and then in college, I studied journalism. I took that love of writing and speech and, and did journalism and debate. And I worked for a daily paper for a few years. And I loved working for a newspaper. I loved one, just telling a story. And I think Early on, one of those first lessons, I was actually a senior in high school and I was working for the nearby college paper after working at my own paper for a few years in high school. And I got assigned a story to cover a knitting group. And I'm like, this is the most, I mean, it's a knitting group. I grew up in a family that did a lot of crafts. My mom sewed a lot of my clothes. We, you know, crocheted. I mean, it was very early America. And I went to that group and you know, spent two hours during the group and you know, interviewing them. And one of the families I still remember, this is, this is 23 years ago, 24 years ago almost, was mother daughter and granddaughter. So it was three generations there that were knitting. And I wrote this story that was in, becoming a human interest piece. And I ended up winning actually awards for it, but it wasn't the awards. That was very cool. But it was the realizing that even in the mundane, there can be so many miracles. There can be so many lessons. And so I just fell in love with storytelling. And so I went on to study it in college, but I realized as someone who had come from a family that didn't have a lot growing up, that journalism was not going to pay the bills. Even though I was addicted to the deadlines, I love that pressure. I love, you know, that every day is different and I love taking information and condensing it into something that you can teach easily. And I think that's something that has served me well throughout my life. So then I went into, from journalism, I went into real estate as my career, real estate sales and development and marketing for publicly traded companies. I loved that because of the challenge. I loved the ability to make really great money in my 20s. Money that, you know, growing up, I didn't think that six figures was even possible. I mean, you had to be a doctor or an attorney. And that was an extra four to six years of school. And I paid for my own school. So that was the thing that would have been very difficult. But when I got into real estate, I fell in love with the ability that there's a lot of entrepreneurship within it, even if you work for a company. Because you're taking someone else's process, but you're making it your own and you're, you're optimizing it. Um, but it was my zone of excellence. And I'm a firm believer that you know, we could do a zone of excellence for so long before we get burnt out, even if we're incredibly good, even if we enjoy it, if we're not following our zone of genius, which is like that true soul calling of what we're really meant to do. That, that unique thing that is a combination of your, our passions and our interests and our unique talents and also our experience. I knew I wanted to get out of corporate America and a few things that happened where I'd lost my boyfriend to cancer about 11 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. And that really showed me that life is, you know, that lesson was life is short. Yeah. And life is too short to be doing something that we don't love, that we don't also feel like we're creating a lot of impact. And then the real estate decline happened in America in 2008. And, you know, I had, I'd made a lot of money and I lost a lot of money. <laughs> I say, I know exactly where it went though. But that showed me that you know, I had nearly killed myself for five years at a job. I went two years without taking a day off and, and put everything you know, into investing in property. And I did some investing in myself, but I realized that, you know, all I had to show for those five years was I had experience. And I mean, I definitely had a lot of experience and I, I had memories, but if I would have gone back and redone it, I would have done things differently. And it's really when I started to realize the value of investing in us because that can never be taken away. You can lose a house, you can lose your 401k, but you never lose what you've learned. Yeah. And once I kind of financially got back on track, which was about you know 10 years ago and met my husband, my now husband, I wanted to do things differently. And I really started thinking about this idea of like designing your life, which I know you are such a proponent of as well. With that, it was very hard to reconcile a life by design with my corporate job. I'm very grateful for what I learned there. I mean, I had the opportunity to work for, you know, Fortune 1000 and and lead a team of of salespeople and marketing and and PR consultants, but it didn't give me the flexibility. And knowing I wanted to become a mom, I was looking for a way out. Welcome to 2021, my friends. Doesn't it feel good to open up a fresh year with new vision, fresh goals? Oh, it just feels so abundant. And if you are someone who's ready to scale your life and your business to five and six figures, I invite you to the Iconic Entrepreneur Program. This is my flagship program where I pour myself into the members of this group. You get one-on-one coaching with me multiple times every single month, a mastermind to help you build a bigger community and network and sisterhood. And also here's this fun experience for you. You get to be a live audience on my Becoming Iconic podcast monthly, where you get to rub shoulders with the most epic of guests. I cannot wait for that for you. It's just a beautiful experience. And if you're someone who's hungry and ready for more, I invite you go to jenspiegel.com, click on the application, fill it out. Let's jump on a call and see if this is a good fit for us. It is a beautiful time to build relationship and partnership. So if you're looking for a mentor, a lifestylist who can help you really generate beautiful success in all areas of your life, this is the program for you. And rather than take my word for it, I'd love you to listen to Caitlin, one of my newer clients who is having exceptional results. Let's listen to what Caitlin has to say. My name is Caitlin Redding and I am a video strategist and video marketing expert. I decided to hire Jen when I started to see some momentum happening in my business and I knew that in order to keep that momentum going, I had to hire Jen. Since starting with Jen, I have doubled my goals and tripled my income and I'm about to have my first five-figure launch in only two months of working with Jen. I absolutely love the knowledge she has and the strategies she offers. But what I absolutely love the most is her availability to connect, to hold your hand, to bounce ideas off of, especially during those times when you are in the middle of a launch. Hiring Jen was absolutely the best decision for myself, my family, and my business in 2020. Oh, Caitlin, I'm so proud of you and so excited for you. Thank you so much. And friends, if this spoke to you and your heart started beating a little faster and you're ready for this success yourself, again, go to jenspiegel.com, click on that application. Let's jump on a call and let's make this the best year of our lives. 
So I was trying to figure out what can I do with these skills? And I ended up actually falling into network marketing, which I think so many people do. And it created a bridge for me between what I was doing and what I really wanted to do. I'm really grateful for that. And I think what network marketing does is, you know, it's a very low cost, easy way to get a taste of entrepreneurship and to develop your skills without having to go and actually spend all the costs that we know, you know, as, as business owners with an LLC and employees and paying for health insurance, all those things that you do. The biggest impact for me, I think with that was I was used to running a large team with a multi-million dollar ad budget with, you know, radio, TV, newspaper ads, magazine ads, like this really polished look, which is again, very different from how I grew up. I, that, that was acquired. <laughs> and I mean, very much so. You know, I, I was a girl that, that at, at 15, when I was going to the, I was going to a dance. It was like a girl ass boy dance. And I asked this boy that I had a crush on and his older sister, who was also on the yearbook staff with me said, Rebecca, please wear makeup to the dance because I want this photos <laughs> to look good. And I'm like, oh, I was like mortified because yeah, I, I didn't learn to wear makeup growing up. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I think I wore blush mascara and like lipstick. That was like, I knew nothing about the stuff that we wear now. Um, but I had to learn how to come off a little bit more sophisticated. And I learned that through working in corporate America, but, but I wanted to take that to my brand and network marketing. And I wanted to be seen as credible because here I was leaving a VP of sales and marketing role, the corner office, the car allowance, you know, getting interviewed in newspapers. It was about, it was about homes, but um, I was leaving that. And I was saying, how do I still show up as credible? How do I still show up as valuable? Because I just gave all of that up for a lot more freedom, but there was a perception of losing esteem. And I didn't really love that. Yep. So what I started to look at is how can I be seen as an expert in this new endeavor, which at the time I was coaching, right? I mean, yes, I had my network marketing clients, but I was really creating leaders. And you know, this is something you've done for more than a decade, but I was creating leaders. And I was looking at how do I attract people that are really top notch without completely relying on an industry that I'm not really doing anymore, which is, is real estate. And I started to look at what can I do? And it was, it was, how can I get seen? How can I have this polished brand? And it was, it was media, it was PR, and it was, you know, initially guesting on podcasts. And I reached out to a friend of mine who owns a boutique PR firm. And she said, you're not my ideal client. She was doing fashion startups, which is very cool. But she said, you're not my ideal client. And really, I'm not sure if you even know what your transformation is outside of your products. And so I really thought about that. And I took a couple of tips that she told me and I started devouring everything that I could out there about understanding who you serve, understanding how you serve them, how you uniquely serve them, which I think in network marketing, we're often taught to be duplicatable. And as a business owner, while systems absolutely in business are duplicatable, you know, the reality is, is we're very unique. And so everyone can make the exact same recipe, whether that's a sales process or that's, you know, a cake, but they're going to make it differently. I was talking to my nanny yesterday. We were talking about when our pair makes oatmeal in the morning, my kids don't eat it. Hopefully she's not listening to this because they don't think it tastes good. And we taste it one day and I'm like, I've given her all the things to put in it, but I don't know why her oatmeal doesn't taste good. Right. And me and my nanny, like we both make this like delicious oatmeal. I'm like, well, I don't think that she makes it with the love that we do. Like, but how do you explain that ingredient? How do you explain the intentionality? How do you explain like that touch when you're putting out the same ingredients? And that is just really to me an analogy for like entrepreneurship, right? For coaching, for podcasting is we've got the same ingredients, but we each put something unique into it. And I started learning how to do that. And that was really about stepping into your genius. That's about honing your talents. And long story, somewhat short, I realized that I had a knack for teaching female entrepreneurs, female business owners, really started with health coaches because health coaches are so purpose-driven they're so about impacting people and creating positive change. And they're so bad at marketing and selling themselves. Typically, there are some, there are some exceptions. Yes. I had this part, you know, after going through my boyfriend that passed of cancer, and actually my husband is a three-time cancer survivor. And I had this heart for health coaches that were impacting people 
really like impacting lives, you know, nutritionists, trainers, et cetera. But I wanted to help them get better so that they could impact more and they could actually make a living at what they did. And that led into me leading branding retreats and workshops and then taking one-on-one clients on. I distilled all of that because I think when we look at our zone of genius, it's not all of the things that we can do well, but it's what we do that we're magical at. What we do that we do it in a way that nobody else does it like we do. It's that like favorite dish of yours. And I realized what it was that I was teaching them is, yes, I can teach social media strategy. And yes, I can teach, you know, showing up well on camera. But what I really taught that was different is... And what I taught that was something I learned, which is what I love to do is I love to learn something. I love to master it. And then I love to teach it to someone else. But it was how... It was DIY PR. It was how do you get seen in publications? How do you get featured without paying to play? And paying to play, there's nothing wrong with going out and hiring a PR company. In fact, listen, that's something you and I are, you know, we're like, there's only so much time in the day. And now that we've learned how to get on podcasts or how we've learned to get in publications, how can we leverage someone else while we do things that are higher and best use of our time? Mm -hmm. But the average person out there that has a dream and has a vision in their business, in their their passion, does not have three to $5,000 a month to pay a PR company. So I said, how can I be that bridge of a gap for the person that has a side hustle, or maybe they're even full-time, but they're tight on margins and they're just bringing in just enough. How can I help them get the credibility and the visibility so that they can upload their profitability? And you know, you and I have talked about that, but it's, it's the expert triangle. It is. I think when I saw it, I was like, of course, but there's one thing about realizing the triangle and the equal sides of that triangle. It's not about just getting followers and being some sort of influencer on Instagram. It's also what kind of credibility authority do you have that make people come across you and realize, oh my gosh, she's giving so much value and she's a leader in her zone. But then when you put those two things together, there's like this big equal sign or an arrow pointing towards profitability. And I really want the online space, people who are trying to build their businesses online to understand this, that all things need to be paid attention to before the profitability. Sometimes maybe there's an exception to the rule, but most of the time, I think going forward, especially in these years to come, those two things must be at the forefront of somebody's intention every single day. Absolutely. It's a balance. So the idea of this expert triangle is, you know, we all want to be an expert. We don't want to be mediocre at what we do. Right? Nobody says, yeah, I want to put my time and energy and passion and take away time from, you know, maybe my job that actually pays the bills or, or from my family or, or from my sleep to do something okay, to do something average. We all want to be great. We all want to be seen as that person that is really magical in what we do. And so to be that expert, not just the expert, the go-to expert. And what the go-to is, is it's the person that when they think of, well, I want to be considered iconic. Who do I learn from? And they think about you, right? You want to be that person that when they need what it is that you have, they think about you and you're the only answer or they think about referring you. That's becoming the go-to expert. And to really be that, that triangle. So it starts with visibility and visibility is attracting attention. It's, it's having someone be aware of you and your business, whether that's you know, through your efforts, through referrals, through networking, through press or publicity. But that awareness, typically repeated awareness leads to recognition. And there's this quote that I love from Ivan Meisner and he's the head of BNI, which is a business networking group. And it's kind of very old school, but it's so on point. And it's the greater your visibility, which is the more widely known you are, the more information you receive about others and the more opportunities you're exposed to. And with that, the more chances of you being accepted by either individuals or groups as someone they can or should do business or refer business to. But that does require maintenance and it does require developing. But without it, it's very difficult to move on to the next stage of credibility. Because I say, you know, someone that's very visible, let's say an Instagram influencer, you can have a huge following and you can be entertaining them, right? There's like, like look at Jackass. The guys on Jackass, like they have a lot of visibility. They are viral. But would you go to them? Would you pay them outside of you know the $29 you buy for a DVD? Would you pay them 
for many products and services outside of low cost. You know, yeah, they're doing low cost, you know, high volume. No, they're not the most credible people because they do crazy stuff, right? So credibility is being trusted in, it's being believed in, it's being reliable. And this happens in a relationship by expectations being met, by consistency, by being presented as a credible third source, whether that's a friend, a colleague, or a publication or a podcast where you leverage the credibility of you know, the host or the publication because they have built that credibility with their audience. It can be developed by products and services that are really effective and by honesty, by consistency. But also, yes, on social media, it's developed by showing up again and again and bringing incredible value. And when you give value away for free and you do it on a consistent basis, you start to build credibility. Now, why is visibility and credibility so important in equal measures is you can have credibility. You can be a PhD, a Nobel Peace Prize winner or a Nobel Prize winner. You probably are more visible if you have that. But I think about people that I've met and often these are my clients and people I have such a heart for because they've gone and they've, they've become a doctor or they've you know put 20 years into a career and they're geniuses at it, but they're really deficient in marketing themselves and getting themselves out there. So they have this mm. incredible genius or processes or protocol or methods that there's no audience for. And so if you have all of the skills in the world and you're the best at what you do, but you have an audience of five, it's very hard to monetize that unless you literally can have two or three clients a year. Yeah. So by having both the credibility, which is your audience trusting you, and the visibility, which is having an audience of the right size. And again, that could be 500 people, depending on what it is you do. Like my social media manager, she only needs 10 clients to be fully booked. So her audience of 500 is totally fine because she actually gets most of her clients through referrals. referrals. And same thing with my content director who you know helps with my email marketing and, and some of my content. She doesn't even post on social media because she's completely referral-based, but she has a lot of credibility and so just a little bit of visibility is enough. So you have to figure out what is that right formula or that right mix for you, mm-hmm. but then that leads to profitability. And there are still people that have a great audience and are very credible that are profitable because they don't understand how to leverage that into a way that is reflected in their pricings, is reflected in their sales process. And the other thing is women, we so often give it all away because we are looking for validation because we've been told you're too much or you're not enough. And so we're mm-hmm. constantly looking for that validation. And so there's a part of profitability that is really about stepping into your genius and saying, yes, I can give away value. Absolutely. Especially on a platform like a podcast or social media, where it's not a lot of time, but I can affect a lot of people. But if someone is coming in and they're working with you one-on-one or in a group format where they have a lot of proximity to you, then profitability is important because it is an exchange of value. And if you're giving so much value, especially personalized, you deserve to be compensated. And I would even argue that even though I give away a lot for free, my clients who are paying, they're paying to pay attention. And then they're taking action because they've paid. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is really good, Rebecca. And I think, well, I hope people are receiving this with the multiple levels you just gave them. There's a lot of key points that actually even challenge you listening in right now. Like rewind about five, 10 minutes and listen again to what Rebecca just talked about with visibility, credibility, and profitability, because within those were a lot of really good nuggets. You were starting to break down the profitability and it led me into asking this question. Could we maybe break down and give some tips for each of those three things? Like what would be your top tips for visibility? What would be your top tips for credibility and so on? Because I think everybody's really on the edge of their seats listening to you, but now let's give them something they can run with and maybe go build something great. Yes. I love this. Actually, and it leads right into, I call it the four pillars of being an expert. So there's the the triangle of what you need, but then there's really four pillars or like a path of four steps because I see people that bypass a few of these paths. So they try to go get visibility by, like I said, paying to play. They pay some back end to get into a magazine, you know, because they're paying a journalist and that's totally against journalistic integrity. That's very different than PR. Okay. But what they haven't done is they haven't done the work. And the very first step to this is I call it as being clear. So my steps are be clear, be seen, be heard, 
be valued. And with being clear, well, then there's being prepared. And that's just like time management and like really giving yourself permission to promote yourself, stepping into social proofing, which is positioning yourself as an expert before you are seen as an expert because it is a little chicken or the egg. So with a being clear, are you really clear on who it is that you're impacting? Because if you're like, I want to help everyone, you're not clear, right? Do you have a very crystal clear avatar that you are speaking to, that you have named? You know what she's looking for. You know what her pain points are. You have her, she's not an age group. So my avatar, her name is Carrie. She's grown, she's aged a little bit in the last few years because I have as well. And so has my avatar. So she's 35 years old. She has three children. She left a corporate job. She does coaching. She has a little network marketing side hustle, but she's really looking to step into this next evolution of who she is. And so that type of specificity, what, what is she known for? She loves hats. She loves boutiques, but she also loves Target because she is looking for quality, but she also likes a good value. And that's what she loves about me is that I do teach how to do it for free. So yeah, do you have to pay for my coaching? Of course. But once you learn the skills, you can run on your own. And that's what she's all about. So understanding your avatar, understanding what do you do for them? Really knowing your products and services. That means not just saying like, I can help you with anything and then adapting to them, but being really clear on how do my products and servicings impact someone? What do they look like? What is the stages of the client journey? And, And these are things that, you know, write down, what is my mission? Because when you have a mission and you have your avatar, it's really easy to have that. It's either a heck no or a heck yes, right? And then what is unique to me? So what is that brand promise or that niche statement? So I don't say like, I help women in business with PR. No, I say that I help female entrepreneurs and business owners be seen as the go-to expert in their space with free media opportunities and exposure opportunities in less than an hour a week. Wow. And that's very specific because the women that I work with, they're too busy to spend 10 hours, right? Now, yes, they understand that there's going to be a learning process, right? There's, there's a learning transfer stage of awareness and then integration. But once they've really learned it, they've learned how to create a podcast pitch. They've learned how to warm up a host. They've learned how to sound like a pro and then what to do with that interview when they're done. And they've learned the same thing for publications. They've learned how to pitch appropriately for the right publication at the right time, which there is right timing, right? It's just like dating. You don't want to just go out in a bar and like talk to everybody. You want to show up on an app (laughs) where you're matched with people that are like-minded at the right time. And they learn those things. And then they know, how do I do this in 15 to 20 minutes a day or, you know, 20 minutes, three times a week. That's the biggest thing is just the being clear. Because if you don't have clarity in your messaging, in your positioning, then even if you're pitching to a host or a publication, they're going to look at you, your social media, your LinkedIn, your signature on your email actually is an area I see so many people don't have something set up. That's like your first impression. Right. And you never know who's looking at that. I mean, I've got a four-figure speaking gig back before COVID, you know, an in-person speaking gig from the accounting firm that does my taxes because they saw TEDx speaker and bestselling author. And they're like, Oh, do you speak to groups like ours? And I said, well, yes, but what are you looking for? And I said, well, we're not sure. So I sent them over a list of my keynotes that I typically do. And they said, well, we'd love you to do this one. And then, you know, I tweaked it for their audience, but that was from an email signature. So you just never know where things like that will come from. So that being clear is a very first step. And it's like, do not pass go, do not collect 200. You won't collect anything until you are clear. And I think that's what people miss is they want to get right into action of like building their audience, but it feels really hard because I haven't gotten clear. And once you get clear, people are attracted to clarity. A confused mind doesn't buy. And that doesn't just mean investing their dollars, but that's investing their eyes and their time to consume your content. So that's the very first stage. Like I have a masterclass I'm doing right now, which obviously probably be be over by the time that the podcast airs, but I have a Facebook group. It's called the Pitch Club Press Room. And every week I teach really foundational skills on positioning yourself as an expert. 
so that when you do start to pitch, when you do start to go out and look for those opportunities, it doesn't take any time for that reporter. They go look at your profile and they're like, okay, they're an expert. I would like to feature them. And that I think is so missed and it's so crucial. And then the next part is the visibility. So yes, once you have that clarity, it starts to be easier to build visibility because you start to get to be known as that go-to person, even before maybe the press mentions or the podcast mentions or, or some of the titles, but people start to think of you. You develop that visibility again, like we said, by attracting attention, by showing up again and again, by being intentional with your networking. So you can do that by creating themes for your stories, like your IG stories, you know, your highlight reels. Those can be your expert topic reels before you're getting paid for keynotes or you're coming on podcasts and talking about, you know, the expert triangle, right? That's now one of my expert topics, but that could be a highlight reel. So you're starting to show your audience what you're an expert in, or that could be an IGTV channel, or it could be a freebie on your website. And then the credibility. So that's just showing up consistently. That credibility is also by making sure that your products and services really work. So does your freebie, your email magnet, does that align with where you're going? Mm-hmm. Or is it something you created two years ago? Cause you just threw something up because it was, you created it in Canva. So make sure that does that support the ideal client that you want to work with? And once it does, are you leading them down a path towards the transformation that you know you can deliver? And the other thing about credibility that's really easy is, is what's I call social proofing. So yes, your bio should have your niche statement or your brand promise, but then do you show uh, testimonials? There's two ways to do that. There's one is taking old ones and maybe it's not even something you've been paid for. Because a lot of times we start this passion project by giving our services away for free as we're testing things out. I did this even with my one-on-one clients. I'm like, hey, two years ago, I was like, hey, you know, I've been getting featured in publications. I'm going to show you how to do this. Like, let's try this for you. And then I was like, wow, this is so valuable. But I tried it out first and I got those testimonials. And I had some of my first clients, you know, saying, Rebecca, I took this and I and I did it. And I got, you know, 10 publications in 60 days. I was like, wow, this is great because it's proof of concept. Yeah. And I took that testimonial and I put it on my website and I put it in a highlight reel. And I got, I asked them, I say, Hey, when you're so excited, I had a, I had a client that was so excited because she just got featured in Forbes. And I took that quote and actually I asked her for a quote and she didn't get it back to me in time. And so I ended up just looking through the text messages that, between us. And her quote was Rebecca, oh my gosh, I'm in tears. I just got interviewed by Forbes magazine. And I ended up, that's all I used for a testimonial because that was more impactful than her saying, working with Rebecca was incredible. And in just 30 days, I got featured in Forbes. You know, that emotion. So I use that as the testimonial. You have testimonials that are sitting in your text messages that are sitting in your Facebook messages. Maybe they're voice memos that you can transcribe, send them back to the person and say, hey, I would love to use this as a testimonial. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And that showing that, is social proofing. And then the other side is when you have a client or a friend that you've just given incredible value to, and they're just like, oh my goodness, this was so helpful. Say, hey, do you mind right now just sharing? And you can write down the statement or you can even ask them to video it because that will create such credibility. Most people don't understand that 92% of buyers will go to a website or even a social media profile and look through testimonials like Yelp or Google reviews or read the testimonials before they'll buy. And those testimonials are seven times more effective than your own marketing copy. Mm-hmm. So before you go out and invest a lot of money, and listen, I'm all about good marketing copy and using a copywriter, but before you go out and invest a lot of money that maybe you don't have in your business, go out and look at your own testimonials that you're getting and then recycle those and use them to build credibility with your current audience. And guess what? When you share on Instagram stories, someone giving you a testimonial and you tag them, what are they going to do? They're going to reshare it. Reshare guess what that it. does. That shows credibility in front of their audience who you're probably going to pick up a few followers and now you're building your visibility as well. Boom. Oh, this is so good. This is so good and so tactical and what I crave. I'm just so grateful for this. 
So the clarity, I know just going back to that for a second, I know when I first started to, and it's, it's such a temptation to be like, well, I don't want to narrow myself and miss out on an opportunity or a person. I really had to coach myself out of that. And then also to realize that you need to be visible and show up and the consistency factor. Oh my gosh, if I wish people would just understand how important that is. That It's not about doing stories once or twice a week. It's that people can count on coming back and getting value from you every single day. It's a job. It's a part of the entrepreneurial job. And I, I really appreciate you hammering these points in because I think sometimes we wonder, what's the point? Or will anybody ever notice yeah, people notice. People are paying attention. They do. And it's, it's something, honestly, that I struggle with myself. And it's sometimes, you know, we teach what we need. I, there's times that I go into hibernation a little bit and I just am aware, okay, I know that I'm going to lose some of that credibility. And so I have to be aware that now it's going to take extra effort to build it back up. So, right. you know, don't fret if you have been inconsistent. But what I'd recommend is don't expect to be consistent for three days and then launch something and have people purchase. It's going to take longer. Yeah. So I know like right now I'm doing this little beta launch and we just moved. And so I had a week or two weeks that I was very offline because we didn't have internet. So I was moving and my husband was out of the state. So I was less consistent. And so I said, okay, I need to adjust my expectations of what I expect from this masterclass. And I know that it's going to be a smaller group, but I'm going to serve them at a very high level. But then I know six weeks from now, when I do the next one, I'm going to be incredibly consistent for that eight week period. And I'm going to make sure that I'm doing all of the things that I need to that are expected to build up that credibility again, to increase my visibility so that at the end of the day, I can monetize those things. You know, I think talking about money and talking about profitability, I think it's an area that a lot of women struggle with. Mm -hmm. But when we are showing up and we're delivering value, there, it's just part of the equation, right? You should absolutely give away things for free, but then you should invite the people, which is going to be a small percentage that want to work with you to invest in that relationship and to invest in themselves. And again, it's an invite, not a sale. Yes. Actually, I say that I don't even, I didn't even realize. And it's certainly not a sales tactic because I genuinely mean it. I often say, I'm inviting you to take a look at this program. I think it'd be a great fit because it, it truly is. It's like, I almost look at it as this pretty invitation showed up in their mailbox. They get to open it and whether they want to attend or not attend is completely up to them, but they received at least a pretty thoughtful invitation and that often leads people into just having a conversation and they get to choose. They get to choose whether it's a fit for them or not. And our job is just to invite. I love that you pointed that out. Thank you. Well, and the, and the more that we invite with heart and soul and it's something that you do so beautifully, the more people that see that, because there, I think there is not only such a stigma, but there's still so many people doing sales poorly. Sales is sometimes looked at as a four-letter word. I never wanted to be in sales, but then I realized, oh, you're being a consultant, you're delivering value. And you're also telling people when they're not the right fit or your product's not the right fit, that it's not. And maybe you're directing them to where where there's a better fit. But I think women seeing, because often women have such an issue asking for money, asking for a value relationship. And so women seeing women like us that, that have overcome that and have reached a point where we're very comfortable with that value exchange, them seeing the way that we do it helps them do that themselves. Women in business doing well only helps other women do well. And so that's why I'm such a believer in supporting women in business. Yeah. And you are very good at that. Your generosity, it, it, it elevated me to a, another level 
witnessing you as an example of how generous you are at sharing your documents, sharing your expertise, any tidbit that could potentially help someone else thrive and become better. You don't even blink. It's not even like a thought goes through your mind other than share, share and bless. And I have to thank you. And I want people who are listening in to know that when you follow Rebecca, that's the experience you're going to have is this generous caring woman. And I know that that's a value of yours. The more everyone succeeds, the more we all succeed. So true. I really enjoy this conversation because I think sometimes too, and I'd love you to just chat about this is people want to skip corners, right? We want to skip corners and we just want our businesses to profit right away. And I understand, I understand that sense of urgency and that sense of, you know, abundance, all of those things are great, but can you just clarify and just hammer this in one more time that sometimes there's a patience in the process? There is. And there's a saying that you can't expect to get something that's free or cheap that's fast and that's quality. So yeah. you are going to have to give up one. So I tell the women in my mastermind, right? They are, they're getting something quality. They're getting a shortcut, but I call it the smart shortcut, right? Because it's basically asking someone who's done what you want or is where you want to be in business to literally handhold you through it. And actually maybe even to go faster typically because you're helping them. That person, that mentor is helping you not make them the same mistakes to optimize what they've learned and make it even better. And so if you are wanting that, you know, whether that's coaching, whether that's a mentor, whether that's a group program, like, like what you offer, Jen, they're going to invest in that. But what they're getting is they're getting the quality, the knowledge transfer, and they're getting that faster than they'd be able to do it on their own with a lot less failure. Yes. If someone is not ready to invest, and I say, you cannot expect what you want to invest. So if you won't invest money, you can't expect to receive money fast. If you're unwilling to invest time, an example of what I learned in network marketing, when I built you know, a six-figure business in a year, people said, how did you do that? They wanted the time freedom, but they were unwilling to invest the time. And it's the same yes. thing in business, right? Is I invested a lot of time. I mean, 20, 30, 40 hours a week. I gave up a social life for a year and date nights, you know, once a week, I gave up my weekends of just like hanging out in order to build that business. And so that gave me time later. So yes. you've got to invest upfront what you want later. So if you in business, you want to create time freedom, you want to have a team, you're going to have to invest something in that. So if you don't want to, then just be willing to spend the time and not everyone's in a hurry. You know, I launched this business. I've been an entrepreneur for six years, but you know, I launched my dream business at 40. And I said, if I want to be a Marie Forleo, or if I want to scale from six figures to seven to multiple seven figures in the next five years, it's not going to happen by me doing everything on my own. Yeah. So my first launch that I did with the pitch club, which was in August and I had an incredible launch. I mean, and actually you are a big part of the inspiration for that because when I met you in January, and then I think it was in February, you had a six figure launch and it showed me what's possible. And I think when we, when we surround ourselves with other women that are doing incredible things, what starts to happen is it demystifies what is and isn't possible. And so even though, yes, I have different programs and things, it made me aware of this is possible. Yeah. And so that became my new reality of this is what I'm going to create. And so when that happened and I had that six-figure launch, I think people think with entrepreneurs like, oh, you made a hundred thousand dollars and you're just like living large, right? I took that money. And first of all, typically it's not all paid up front, right? But that yes. first $45,000, $50,000, I gave myself a $3,500 disbursement. My integrator earned more money out of that launch than I did. I went and invested that money in a brand new website in back in for a very robust email marketing system that um, I, I paid a copywriter to completely build out almost $10,000, you know, in, in all that expert help on how to really optimize that CRM system at, you know, $200 an hour for 12 hours. I hired a coach 
that is, I mean, I'll, I'll say what she is because I think it's important because you don't start out here, but this is where you go. But I mean, I, I pay $2,500 a month for a coach for two hours of coaching. Yeah. $1,200 an hour, but she's coached CEOs of companies that have gone to 10 and 20 million. And so I'm, I'm saying, what are the hiring decisions and the investment decisions I need to make to become the businesswoman, to, to become the business that I want to be? And it's not who I am today. It's where do I want to go? So that $100,000 launch was because I had invested $100,000 building the foundation of that business and now scaling that business. 100%. Thank you for pointing that out. It is a beautiful feat to have a six-figure launch. You know, it's just one of those things that it just expands you because you think, okay, I, you know, I spent years, years and years, over a decade, just craving that kind of month and working diligently, but feeling like it was so far in the distance. And then to finally have something like that, because I pivoted, I put money down on myself and invested in myself and time in myself. It just expanded everything for me. But you are right. When you hear that online, my friends, don't be fooled. There's a lot of manpower that goes into that. And sometimes the money, as soon as it comes in, it exits because you want to invest more heavily into your business to give more value because you have that resource now. And I think that's a really great lesson. Thank you for pointing that out. That's not often talked about. And I really appreciate that we had that conversation here because I always want to be real and raw with the people listening. So they really understand what they're getting into and what to look forward to. So thank you for that. And congratulations, because that was thank an you. epic launch. It was thank so you. fun to watch. Okay. So Miss Rebecca, I could talk your ear off. And like I told you before we record, I know you'll be a reoccurring guest because I do want to pick your brain on how to help others get on podcasts and get that exposure and that visibility. But in honoring your time, and I know you have been feeling under the weather and all the things, I would love to know, how is Rebecca going to be iconic today? Oh, I love that. Well, it started this morning. I am on the mend. I just had, unfortunately, just the flu, not COVID. But this morning I got up and I said, like, how can I take care of myself? And I, one of the things we put in our new house was an infrared sauna. So I went in there and I, it would have been easy to wake up and say, okay, I'm in a rush. I'm in a rush. And like I told you before, my four-year-old was, was being very, um, very, very forward this morning. It was being a little challenging, but I carved out a little bit of time for myself because I knew that's what I needed mentally and physically so that I could show up and serve. So that's where it starts is creating that time mm-hmm. and serving ourselves first. I think that especially as women, we have to, and especially as moms, we have to release some of that mom guilt. We have to stop being martyrs and yeah. we do need to find that time for ourselves. And the second thing is then dressing up. And this is actually something, I mean, when I first saw you that night at dinner, that little restaurant in, I think it was Corona Del Mar. I was like, wow, her style is incredible. And you'd be so proud of me. I actually was cleaning my closet last night and I started to ask, okay, yes, this is comfortable or this is this. I said, but is this really, is this the woman that I want to be? Yes. Does this, is this who I've been comfortable being? And not just, I mean, yes, I want clothes to be comfortable, but does this embody my highest and best self. And I came downstairs today and I'm wearing a Ted Baker dress, which it's I did. Beautiful. I will say, thank you. I got it at Nordstrom Rack, which I, I'm all about the quality for value, you know, but yes. it's about investing on the good things though. And I came downstairs, my nanny's like, yes. And I said, because I said, when I am in this home, it was kind of like that new year, that Monday, that first day of the month of like, this is the line where I am stepping into her. Mm. And so I am showing up, not in, you know, yoga pants down below and my Uggs, but I am showing up as my highest and best self. And the longer that we live in her, the longer that we call her forward and embody her, the more we become her. And we don't get her. We don't become the million dollar business owner by by the habits that we had in the past or even by the habits we have today. We get them by constantly adapting. So becoming iconic today for me is asking myself, what do I require to show up 
is that woman that I want to be five years from now, having an eight-figure business that is impacting thousands and thousands of female entrepreneurs. And it's taking those steps to embody her right now. Well, you look like an eight-figure business owner across this screen, let me tell you. You look like a bag of money over there and so beautiful. And I really appreciate that answer because it is about constantly pursuing her not constantly pursuing the ROI, although that's important and needs to be focused on. But I believe when we pursue our highest selves, those are the ripple effects, the side effects of stepping into her because that's what she does. That's what she knows. And that is what she magnetizes into her life. So thank you for pointing that out. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. You're just a real gem and solid person. And you, know, you don't come across those people as often as I as I wish that are so just, I have to say it again, just so generous and open to serving others. And that is one of your God-given gifts. So thank you for being that beautiful example for me this past year. Honestly, you are one of those women who I'm just so grateful are in my life. So thank you. Well, the feelings are incredibly mutual. It's my honor. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there and make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know, I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day.